0: When you leave your previous understanding of your faith, it may feel as if you've lost your entire identity because of how tightly you held those beliefs. But what affirms our deconstruction is realizing that God is in all the places we were told not to go. Today, we're gonna talk about what it means to deconstruct our faith.
1: Would it be okay if I were to tell you that I am afraid? Someday, so I call you up and you call me down, would it be okay?
0: Well, hello again, and welcome to the Freed Hearts podcast, episode 24. My name is Robert Cottrell, and who are you?
1: I'm Susan Cottrell. I
0: knew that. (laughs) Today, we're going to talk about what it means to deconstruct our faith. That's a phrase that you're hearing more and more of out there. Um, It is important. It's one of the most important things you'll ever do in your life. We're going to talk about what it is and what it's not and what that means. Because we're going to talk about faith, um, I want to start out by saying that our goal here is to change the human conversation on love and inclusion. And for us to do that, we must address the issue of religion because the biggest roadblock to love and inclusion have come through religion. But we have a wide audience out there at Freed Hearts, people who identify with a particular faith, folks who would never identify with a particular faith, and people who used to identify with that faith. We have atheists, atheists, agnostics, Christians, Jewish people, all kinds of people come to us to help free their hearts to find peace. Hear me here. We have no interest in trying to get anyone to have any particular faith experience. We don't wanna make people come to church or come back to church or leave the church, but we don't want people to be hurt by exclusion. And those who come to us in free Hearts and in our personal experience, most of the exclusion has come from the church, the non-affirming church. And that's why we're talking about it. So if you hate or get triggered by, talk about God or church or Jesus, if those words make you cringe, I get it. I don't blame you. They often make me cringe too. Damage has been done with those words. And if you've been harmed that way, we are so sorry. If you've been excluded by your community or your family, we are so sorry. It's why we do this work to help prevent that kind of heartache and exclusion from happening. We believe we are uniquely equipped to walk people through this minefield, but we will give you a trigger warning here because we care most importantly about your heart and we want you to be safe. We'll talk about these things only to disarm them, to help you heal from the harm that's been done, um, and to prevent that kind of harm in the future. But you are safe here, and your safety is our highest priority. So again, we're gonna talk about faith and what it means to deconstruct faith, which can be scary. Um, it's a scary thing if you've especially a lot of us have been uh uh raised a certain way, or maybe many of us were raised a certain way, or our parents were. Or, or, But faith is usually a deep thing in our lives, um, and when you deconstruct that, it's very unnerving. The ground beneath you feels like it's, it's beginning to shake. It is scary, but I will tell you that it is one of the most beautiful things you will ever do in your life. So I want to start out by talking about what it takes um, and then what it's, what it's not. So what it takes to deconstruct your faith, you must— Number one, ask hard questions of religion, church, and faith.
1: Yes, and ask those without fear of the answers.
0: (laughs) That's interesting because we, sometimes you ask a question or you're unwilling to ask a question because you're kind of afraid what the answer might be. Yeah. You know, and that rattles. We sometimes, as we have done already on this and will continue to do in future episodes, we, um, we're going to break some of those core beliefs. I think we did something recently. No, that's coming up. No, it's recent. That was (laughs) your, your seven biggest shockers from, Oh yeah. 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 From, uh, from uh, seminary. And, and sometimes you rattle, you get rattled and you rattle people because they're afraid of the answer. Not because of what the answer is, but because it, it again, shakes their foundation. Yeah. Uh, And that can be unnerving. So, you must ask hard questions of religion, church, and faith. Number two, you must also examine and dismantle inherited uh, traditions.
1: Yeah, because some things we think are ironclad, but we're really what's known as the traditions of men, mm. the traditions of people, but it's the men in power. And they're just old and they're repeated so often that we believe them and we think they were always were. But they're
0: just traditions. Boy, we could just go on for a long time on that one. But yeah, so it's examining and dismantling inherited traditions. Number three, make space to build an authentic belief system.
1: Yes, it's that, you know, that Zen koan, that only when you stop pouring into a full cup, like when you, only when you empty your cup, can you then pour something new? You have room for something fresh and new.
0: Yeah, we talk about that another way in opening the box you have God in. And we say, when you do that, all heaven breaks loose. Yes. We have God in this, especially if you've come up in the non-affirming evangelical church, that box that we have God in is sealed very tight. Yeah. For a reason. (laughs) Because it's easier to control people that way. Because
1: God's kind of our pet that way, really. And God is predictable that way.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, we can get our arms around that God. But if you have a God in any box, that's not God you've got in your box.
0: Yeah. And we're taught. That's
1: your traditions of men.
0: And we're taught that it's scary and it's, it's, um, it's has eternal consequences. We're falsely taught to open that box, to look outside that, because then you start, what starts to, what ground starts to shake is is the the ground religion. of of control and religion that it has in your life and again that can be scary and unnerving, but it's a beautiful thing yeah so that's what you must do now what now deconstruction is not abandoning faith without thought it's not tearing down someone else's belief system and it's not something that's always chosen
1: mm-hmm.
0: we begin this journey with I describe it where I had my faith and I had my child and then my child came out as bisexual and-
1: Now identifies as non-gender binary, gender non-binary.
0: But before that, there was never a conflict between my faith and my love for my child. My child comes out and there's all, all of a sudden, there's this conflict. Well, my choice in that moment was to either abandon my faith, I wasn't willing to do that, or abandon my child. I'm certainly not willing to do that. So the choice is to go down that path, to open the box, to find out the source of the conflict. That was a deconstruction. That's how my deconstruction started. And it was not something, well, I did choose it. I could have abandoned faith you know, or my child, but, but unwilling to do that, this deconstruction was the next step.
1: Yeah, and, uh, the circumstances thrust the opportunity upon us. Yeah, yes,
0: yep. And the, the hardest way, To deconstruct, and we're often faced with this, is in front of your family, (laughs) especially if you're doing so in in that's part of your support for your LGBTQ plus child, or if you're part of that community, you're almost under a microscope more than ever. And so you're deconstructing your faith in front of your family who may not be deconstructing at all. In fact, who may be digging in their heels in response to your search for freedom and your search for answers. So you may just want to explore doubts and ask questions and probably change some of your beliefs and the way you think, but-
1: Yeah, but that, that act, that very act may cause a big kerfuffle in the family. A what? A kerfuffle. (laughs) That is the
0: great. That is the Friedharts word of the day, right there. It's like Groucho Marx. Did you? If I can get you to say kerfuffle, you win the prize. I'm sorry, I totally derailed your thought. Can you please go back and and, and say that again? Yeah, I got kerfuffle.
1: Just that very act of questioning may cause a big kerfuffle in the family, because here's here's how family dynamics work everyone's been reading from the same script for so long, each with their own part in the family system. And now you're changing the script? <laughs> I don't think so. We've run this family drama off, off, off Broadway for generations now. I'm
0: so well rehearsed.
1: Uh-huh, I'm so well rehearsed. You're not going to change a script. Do you see that? And those who are still part of that traditional Christian church, good chance they're going to fight you tooth and nail. So consider it like you went through Algebra Two two in high school, and then you go to college and now you're in astrophysics. And you come back to your classmates from Algebra Two and you try to explain astrophysics to them. And they're like, no, this is how math works. And they're in Algebra Two. At some point, you have to say, you know what? I don't, it's not helping to have this conversation with you. So I'm not going to have it with you anymore because you're, I'm being distracted from where I'm heading, but you know, astrophysics is real and really is leading you in a direction that you're moving forward.
0: And sometimes we say that to debate with others who are committed to misunderstanding, you can be toxic. Yes, And so deconstruction of your faith is, is a journey um, that, that is, is difficult sometimes. And, and, I'm not sure that you want to add in having to defend an answer for every question you ask and every shift in your belief you experience, especially when you know or when you believe that the motive, that there's no real motivation on the receiver's end to really hear you or engage. It's really to correct you. Yeah. So you may just want to not go there.
1: It's it's kind of like if you become a teenager and you decide to start wearing makeup, and you start experimenting with makeup, and then uh, around the dinner table, your dad is saying, "Oh, well, what happened to your eyes?" and your you know your mom's saying, "I think that's a little too much." And you're like, "I'm not going to wear this around you guys because I can't stand this." Right? That it, that's what it can be like. But let me tell you why this happens. The other family members have probably faced their own cognitive dissonance because, you know, it's there for all to see this difference between how we talk about love and God and how we actually act toward people we don't understand or don't agree with. And so when you're in that system, there's this cognitive dissonance that occurs for you that you have to fight pretty hard to keep submerged, and so, if some whippersnapper comes along and says,
0: "You, you are full of fun <laughs> words today." Some, some whippersnapper, whippersnapper who
1: comes along with newfangled ideas.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, you're pushing I'm it. it. You're, you're now. pushing it now.
1: <laughs> newfangled ideas to to challenge what everybody has always believed. This this cognitive dissonance that that has been submerged well now you're picking a fight do you see what i mean mm-hmm. it, they they just don't want to hear it i made this mistake recently of talking to someone about this my entire life i've known this person and it was right after the black lives matter uh, protests last summer and i mentioned the systemic racism in the police <laughs> just that nice safe topic and that's verifiable. That We know that happens. And the person said, oh, police aren't racist. My grandson's a police officer. No. I'm like, oh, I see. well, then it's not possible for both to be true. It, it's just, it was so funny. I mean, not funny, but kind of funny in a sick way. But I've seen her family. It's very racist. But that's the cognitive dissonance that she and so many people have to keep underwater, if you start asking those questions, there's a very good chance they're going to shut you down.
0: Yeah, and another example is if you, on this deconstruction journey, you look at, you really look at, and again, ask hard questions of religion, church, and faith about the treatment of the LGBTQ community and about the original language and context of scripture used to condemn that community and the translation history and all those kind of things if you if you ask those questions those who are not affirming are just like again well it can't be true because my son is a police officer well what you're saying can't be true because if it is it changes everything for me and my faith, and right. they're just not willing to go there they're yes. just not willing to go there,
1: yeah now sometimes they're ready for it. The planets align, and they're willing to take that journey of discover with you uh, discovery with you, but very, very, very often they're not ready, and they have no interest at all in that kind of journey of authenticity, and they'll leave you out to dry. <laughs> No problem, because they've got their own illusions to protect. You see what I mean? If they're ready, they're ready. But-
0: Yeah, yeah they'll say, well, if, no, you're you're deceived. You have, you know, you, you don't-
1: you, you have to have the yeah. wherewithal and support to know that, hey, I've just touched a nerve there. That's what happened. I'm not deceived. I'm just, you're just not ready for this. And then continue in a way that's safe for you to find your own journey. But I encourage you not to try to um, to test out this new tentative deconstruction journey on people who are committed to breaking it because they will. And you don't need that. Another story yeah, is- yeah,
0: Yes, yeah, go oh, ahead. Yeah. No, go ahead. Yeah. Because You had another story from an email from someone? Yeah, from someone.
1: a woman I, uh, I got. I just got this email. And she has a female partner- And the pastor sent all the church women to tell her how wrong she is and how sinful she is. Kind of like
0: Stepford Wives or something like that. Kind of like Stepford
1: Wives, exactly.
0: Handmaid's Tale or what? Exactly, yeah. Oh my gosh.
1: And do you think those women are going to talk to her for her own good? No, they're not. They've got a lot invested in their worldview. And somewhere deep inside, they know it's just barely holding up with tape and wire. And they can't afford to have the likes of this woman or you <laughs> say a couple of truth-revealing sentences and watch the whole thing collapse. So they'll shut you down. Mm. If the, if they weren't interested in their own interest, they would just let you be. Why yeah, can't they it, let you be?
0: What does it look like, Susan, when someone comes to you I guess just the opposite of what you said, but but someone comes to you and they are willing, what does that look like?
1: They ask questions. First of all, they might even say, how are you doing? Mm. You know, we didn't get that question from our old church (laughs) at all. So to say, how are you doing? You must feel pretty isolated right now from community. Are you doing okay? You know, but sincerely, not waiting so they can jump on with their answers. And then asking about your story and saying, "Tell me, tell me what's going on." Mm. You know, um, not defend yourself, but tell me what you know. Yeah,
0: just a willingness to have the conversation. I think without feeling like, well, they're having a conversation with me, but all they're trying to do is correct what I say or defend. We have someone else. Excuse me, just
1: a, and also not do your work for you, do their work for you. If they come to you to say, you know, if they if they go to a black person to say, so tell me about racism. You're like, you know what? You need to do your own work. I'm not going to do this for you. And so in the same way, you don't have to do their work on what it means to be LGBTQ. Mm -hmm. But if they're interested in you seriously and not as a way to fix you, quote, fix you, then um, that's somewhere to go with that. Yeah,
0: yeah. There's someone else that we've been close to for a long, long time, most of our lives. And, and, and they're puzzled and troubled that we've changed our beliefs. Yes. And they haven't followed that change. And there's been a lot of, when we've talked about it, the few times that we have or have been able to, we've talked about it. It's been, it's been a battle. It's, it's been a debate back and forth. And,
1: which doesn't ever go well. Which
0: doesn't go well, and also doesn't reveal an openness to, um, to hearing anything. Like you said about someone else in our life, when you said, could you possibly be wrong yeah. about this? Your answer was no. Well, right. I, I, where do you go from there? You don't go right. anywhere from there. So the opposite of that response to understand or to to the change that we've experienced is i want to know why why have you changed not like why have you changed but why really have you changed all these core beliefs in your life there's an there's an interest even if they don't end up agreeing right there's a genuine authentic willingness to hear the changes in your life and not immediately feel threatened by them uh, because they they differ from what their own beliefs are. Does that make sense? Yeah.
1: To be open to it without a shield. If they have a shield up, which comes <laughs> comes as you shield know, up or a yeah, weapon but out. what yeah. about then then it's not worth yeah. your time or your heart?
0: A shield or a weapon. Yeah. Um, so I wanna start to wrap it up here
1: mm-hmm.
0: by again, we talked that this was gonna be about what does it mean to deconstruct our faith, and we've talked a lot about kind of the experience of interacting with others who are not deconstructing their faith at mm-hmm. the time. And that's really important. I want to go back here just for a minute and just remind you that, that it's about asking hard questions of church and faith and religion. It's about examining and dismantling inherited traditions. And it's about making space, opening up space to build something new. It's not abandoning faith without thought, reckless It's not tearing down someone else's belief system, and it's not something that is always chosen. And the grief on this, honestly, the grief can be heavy. Mm -hmm. We could, what could have been, what would I have been if only I'd realized this earlier? What am I losing? Am I losing something here? Did I waste time before? What would have happened if I'd stayed believing what I believed before? What did I miss? What's... You know, you know, am I right in this? And it's okay to acknowledge that grief that comes with a deep change in beliefs like this. And this will ebb and flow. I promise you, this will ebb and flow. And even as we find healthier views, that behavior-focused religion is still ingrained in us and will continue to reveal itself as we heal and grow and live. And when you leave your previous understanding of your faith, It may feel, again, for many of us, that was so tied. Our faith was so tied to our identity. It was our faith. It was our family. It was our community. It was everything. And when you leave that, it can feel as if you've lost your identity because of how uh, tightly you held those beliefs. We try so hard to be who we are supposed to be that we often don't realize who we already are.
1: Mm. True.
0: And what affirms, here's a a takeaway gift here for you. What affirms your deconstruction is realizing that God is in all the places we were told not to go.
1: I love that. Can you say that again?
0: (laughs) What affirms our deconstruction is realizing that God is in all the places we were told not to go. Boy, you can't trust your heart. Don't open your box. You know, God is there.
1: Don't question God. Don't
0: question God is there in all the places we were told not to go. So I want to give you, I want to end by giving you some affirmations, some deconstruction affirmations that you can find some peace in, some things that you can, so if you are typing or taking notes, this might be a good time to write <laughs> write some things down to review later. Because uh, these are affirmations you can say to yourself, repeat Um Uh, look at again as you're on this journey Mm -hmm. to help you um, be affirmed and to find peace in this. So here we go. Yeah, you ready? Yes. Okay. My voice is not invalid just because I am angry and bitter about the hurt I received at the hands of the church. I have total credibility as a survivor of that hurt and trauma. I am free to go on this journey free from the fear of eternal consequences. Mm. My path of healing and spirituality may look totally different from others, and that's okay. I am not defined by what I do or do not believe. Mm. I am not responsible for the shame and manipulation and bullying I have been subject to by those in my former church community as a result of my deconstruction. I can trust my heart and the spirit inside of me to lead me on every step of this journey as I deconstruct my faith and reclaim my beloved self. Mm. I am worth this journey. I am worth this journey to recover from these toxic religious beliefs and practices.
1: Powerful.
0: So those are some affirmations that you can repeat to yourself and revisit as you go on, on this journey. Deconstruction can be scary, but it is one of the most beautiful and freeing things that you will ever, ever do. And you are not alone. As I've said before, if you can hear our voices, you're not alone.
1: Can I just say one thing? Sure. The... um it only appears scary as you embark upon it. But it is that's a mirage. As soon as you get going, you look back and say, Wow, there were no monsters anywhere on the path.
0: <laughs> that's true. That the yeah. the fear, the the scariness of it. It's is, a conditioned
1: fear. At first it's not true. at
0: first it can feel terrifying. Yes. But then it's almost like, you know, because the ground is shaking, but then you realize, oh, hell, this is dance, dance revolution. I'm, <laughs> I am moving just fine here, you know? And and then it almost becomes, what else can I discover? Yeah. What else can I, that was so beautiful, so powerful. I feel so free from this belief or that belief. What else can I learn from this? What else is around the corner? Uh, uh, I, and it is beautiful. Yeah, go ahead.
1: I was in a, a conference years ago with, in New York City. And it we felt the, um, the ground start to shake. And one woman, only one woman in the whole crowd looked up and looked around almost like, oh my gosh, what's happening? And nobody else did. Well, that woman was from California <laughs> where they have earthquakes. And she thought, oh my gosh, an earthquake. But all the people there who lived in New York know that we have subways. And it was nothing. It happens all the time. That's what happens with a deconstruction journey. You're looking around saying, oh my gosh, it's an earthquake. And then you get down the road and you're like, oh, it's just a passing subway. So, Yeah, that's
0: good. And remember, that's so good. I love that example. I love that. Yeah. Remember, God is in all these places you're going. God is in all the places you were told not to go. And you're okay. You're safe. You're on a beautiful journey. and. We are so excited. If you're, if, if you're on this journey, we are right there with you. Yes. Uh, we're going on this journey with you. And we are so excited for us. We love it. And we're so excited for you. Thank you for, for, going, um, for allowing us to go on this journey with you. And just remember, yes. you're in the right place. You're on the right track. We love you so much. And um, we will talk to you soon.
1: We love you. Bye. Bye. Would it be okay? If I were to tell you that I am afraid someday, so I call you up and you
0: call me down, would it be okay? You've been listening to the Freed Hearts Podcast. We have extensive resources and vibrant community for you at www.freedhearts.org. Just come say hello. And if you have questions or issues or comments about the podcast, things you'd like us to talk about, reach out to us at podcast at freedhearts.org. The music is provided by Hannah Cattrall, our daughter, the Grammy-nominated Saint Sinner. And you can find out more about her at heystsinner.com. Please share this, subscribe, and follow on your favorite platform. And thanks for listening.